Good morning, Soraya. Hi, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. It's been a month since we've got together in front of a camera. <laughs> a month? Hasn't it? Wow. I, I think so. I think it was like towards the middle or end of December. But Well, holidays came and went for yep. the new year. Hey, I guess I guess that's cool time things. off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was nice. That was yeah. Nice. I speaking of Christmas, I got some Paisley Underground related Christmas gifts. Okay. Most of them I got myself. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best gifts. Yeah. So I got these two. I um Rain Parade Japanese pressings. Whoa. So, yeah. They've they've beautiful. This, yeah. This one when I when I was able to find it before it was like two, 300 bucks, but um, I was able to find a cheaper copy that did, did not have the OBI strip or the OB strip. So it was $30, but yeah, it doesn't have that strip. And then this one I found for um, emergency third rail power trip um, has the strip, but it doesn't have the insert inside. <laughs> so I bought bu budget versions, which was pretty cool. Beautiful though. They yeah. look to be in really good condition too. And my daughter-in-law got me this, which is the Dream Syndicate EP as a seven inch, a double seven inch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So pretty cool. So I'm really stoked about that. So thank you, Lex. <laughs> so she got me that. And one more thing, um, Dream Syndicate related that you and I both have. Yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm, hold on. Now I'm going to grab mine. <laughs> So for our listeners, this is the new release, um, reissue release, yay, of the Dream Syndicate. Um, and they're calling it What Can I Say No Regrets, but it's actually the Out of Grey album in a booklet format, which we will hopefully be discussing soon yeah. um, at, in, uh, in further detail. It comes with three CDs, the, uh, an amazing uh, remastered version of Out of the Grey from Jim Hill, the yep. producer, and then a bunch of extra bonus tracks. And that comes with a little booklet that has pictures and um, put together by our friend, Pat Thomas and released by Fire Records. Fire and, Records, yeah. And there's more to come, but little booklet format that, yeah, we'll talk more about, but man. But the, this is, um, I just got mine literally the other day. Yeah. So I'm working my way through it and- yeah it's a nice it's a great acquisition for anyone's collection agreed yeah lord it, knows we are <laughs> we are at least i mean jeff you're way ahead of me i'm still in you know in, yeah. i'm still baby steps but it's <laughs> uh re trying to reclaim my collection but it's a great it's a great great collection so yeah and we've reached out to some people that participated in this and uh, we got some plans um yep. not only for that show but for some other shows coming up and, um steve Wynn is getting ready to go on tour right? yes he's getting ready to go back to europe you know these are the things that make me hopeful with everything that's happening um global health wise mm -hmm. still great to see bands getting out there and we hear more dates that are coming uh our friend friend of the podcast derek c um is also planning to be out on tour and um, a, a little 
some dates in Northern California, but dates elsewhere here in California later in April. But yeah. Jeff, and I, I, I know you're looking forward to a few shows. Yeah. In May. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready to go back. The last show I saw was oh. the Monkeys. Yes. And Michael. late great Mike Nesmith has left has left this earthly bond but uh i'm sure thankfully we have his music to keep us happy but that was the last show i went to and it was the yeah. first one in two years so i'm ready yeah. to go back so and i think everyone else is and with new releases and uh i, I think also dream syndicate's working on new new music that is steve's posted on on his social media pages uh we rain parade has also said they're working on new music and again i mentioned derek c gentle cycle has a new album that'll be forthcoming so music's coming hopefully live music is coming too i'm ready for all of it yeah and um, okay but Bradley jeff <laughs> None of that has anything to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> well, no, there is a link because I am going to add one thing. Okay. So if our listeners follow uh, Long Riders, Sid Griffin, on social media, last week, Sid Griffin teased a song that will be released uh, this week, the week of uh, January the 20th. Um, called Tom Tom in honor of Tom Stevens. Oh. So that's my sneaky way of linking in <laughs> to this week's topic. Okay. So Jeff, what are we talking about this week? <laughs> so here we are 10 minutes in and we're talking about this band, The Unclaimed, which um, started out with a, a version that had Sid Griffin in it, um, along with uh, main um unclaimed founder Shelly Gantz. So we'll be talking right. about this band and the connection that they had to the Paisley Underground and otherwise. So the unclaimed is our discussion today. We took a circuitous route, but we made it. <laughs> we did <laughs> anyways, Jeff, let's get started. Hi, this is Soraya. And this is Jeff. Our podcast is called Paisley Stage Raspberry and Rhyme. A podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tunes. We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, agroviar. Let's get groovy. So sorry, I think I cut you off there. So why why talk about the unclaimed on a Paisley Underground podcast? Well, I think one of the first things is the unclaimed has been mentioned by a number of people that we've talked to mm -hmm. as an influence um as someone who got them really excited about wanting to be in a band or start their own band okay the, the, steve said you know wanting first wanting to be in the unclaimed and then that kind of inspired him dream syndicate and um and also, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop on this tip just for a second while we get this discussion started. Okay. So, the unclaimed has been noted as an influence, right? 
mm-hmm. and we've read a no- we've heard a number of stories about people wanting to be in the inkling and it all starts with what jeff and add where in the recycler <laughs> in the bloody recycler yeah okay, so here's i uh, this is information i found from uh a blog from a gentleman named frank miller and it's called shotgun solution so uh the unclaimed were always Shelley Gans's band, and it was in response to an advert in The Recycler that Sid Griffin became involved. Gans's ad to start a band along the lines of the Standells, the Seeds, and 60s garage music immediately appealed to Sid, who had quickly grown tired of playing punk in Death Wish and was more interested in exploring the sound of the 60s, perhaps sensing a change in people's attitude to the music. The pair got together in December of 78, immediately hit it off and began looking for the rest of the group. So think of that. First of all, we already know them as a, as a starting point or, a, you know, an influence. Then you look at the, the intent behind the band, the seeds, the Standells, 60s Garage. And then you have also the, a move, a move paradigm move between punk and you know we got punk and then we've got the 60s influence and we have you know other influences kind of conflating and it's the early 80s so we've got new wave we've got romantic new romantic we've got all these kind of things kind of gelling but I think it's really interesting the to understand the background of the unclaimed and where they kind of where Shelley thought they could be and other things i've read have seen like 1966 the year 1966 the bands from 1966 the garage sound of 1966 kind of being the the spot where they wanted to be so and the fact that sid's in this and then the in another piece i read it says sid griffin's first proper band <laughs> and I go well he was obviously in band so they're all proper yeah <laughs> but perhaps because the unclaimed had some recordings too so yeah yeah and um in response to that recycle ad recycler ad that you're talking about I also read that a member from the iron butterfly answered that ad and a member the drummer from um, blue cheer answered that ad so. right wow <laughs> like i mean okay that that blows my mind <laughs> right 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 um and um so tying into a couple things that you said i wanted to mention um uh, the influence i think um so this was kind of predates the paisley underground by a few years because shelly gantz was starting this up um I think in the mid seventies. And then like you said, around 78 is when Sid and him started to, you know, really um, be more serious about the band. Um, I think Michael Quercio was the one that told us that um, they were a big influence on him as um, style, if nothing right. else. I mean, he wanted to have his hair like Shelly Gantz and the bangs and all that. And then um, I remember us talking with um, an early version of the Pandora's when we were focusing on it's about time and especially Gwen was saying that Shelly came from New York um uh, we learned that Shelly Gantz um the leader of the unclaimed was in a boarding school 
um, and um, uh, would listen to the radio, some AM radio or, or a radio station that was um, um, being played at this boarding school. And he was listening to all this music from the late 50s, early 60s. And um, that that's what drove him or kept him going. You know, wasn't really happy about be, being in a boarding school, but it was music that carried him through. And he came out to L.A. and brought some of this music that he discovered in New York. Right. And um, Gwen was telling us that um, he had all these rare compilations and all these rare records. I think I also read that Shelly bought this like fantastic collectibles collection of records and they were like super rare records that he spent like a dollar each or something like that, right. or a dollar for this big collection. So he loved all this rare 60s. I think you said the 66, this garage sound. And um, you and I did a, um, a whole Nuggets um, series where we that that release of uh, all this music from that period of time and we could definitely hear that influence in mm -hmm. the unclaimed that very garagey sound so oh yeah yeah so I mean this definitely was a huge influence on this Paisley Underground scene having this 80s band early 80s band late 70s band doing the 60s music right and we and there's evidence of uh, the unclaimed playing bills with bands like the Banks and Salvation Army. Um, so there's this in this scene, you know, this kind of '60s psychedelia or psychedelic sound in LA is kind of they're showing up in the same places. So it's really interesting to think of this very early and uh i know we want to start with this ep which was released in 1980 um this really early moment in the 80s where all these things are kind of, people are kind of converging and hearing each other and um and it's definitely a jumping off point because where the 60s were the influence then the bands kind of take it and really develop it on their own and we've seen it from from these four central bands of the Paisley Underground where where they take that music it really goes off in different directions oh yeah absolutely all right so let's let's look at the first recording yes. which is an EP yes called Moxie so um four songs Two tracks each, two by Shelley Gans, two by Sid Griffin. So Jeff, why don't we start with your pick? Okay. So in order, it's four tracks. Track one, Time to Time. Track two, Run From Home. Track three, The Sorrow. And track four, Deposition Central. Uh, in parentheses, The Acid Song. <laughs> so Jeff, Jeff and I picked songs that are placed differently, but they happen to be even numbers. And also, surprisingly enough, um, one is a Shelley Gann song and one is a Sid Griffin song. And uh, you definitely hear the garage band sound. It's definitely very present in these songs that we've picked today. So Jeff, what's your first pick? So I went ahead and I picked a song from the first side and it's Run From Home written by Shelly Gantz. Um, it showed up on a compilation actually 
the band only released 18 songs. Um, yeah. you, so there was the EP and the, um, a larger 12 inch that we'll talk about um, next. And then um, in, in 2013, they released another EP. So they didn't have put out a bunch of stuff, but they were included on a few, a number of um, compilation records. And um, I think you and I were talking about beforehand that Run From Home, the song that I'm going to play, um, was included on um, the Vox labels uh, Battle of the Garage records. But they were also um, uh, on the Children of Nuggets, um, Rhino box set. I point behind me because I have that box set sitting back there um, for us to possibly discuss later. Um, but they were also on um, uh, uh, Battle of the Garages Part 1, um, the Best of Electric Records compilation, um, the Best of the Garage Revival. So they've been put on a few different garage compilations. But Run From Home comes from Battle of the Garages, the Vox record. And also it's the second song on here. I picked it because the 12-string guitar, um, which you can hear um, prominently right off the bat. And it, even though it has this 12-string guitar, it still has that garagey feel to it. And um, I just love the chiminess of it. And um, I don't think you can go wrong picking any unclaimed songs. Um, when I was trying to pick them, I, I was thinking any of these songs are worthy of being played. So um, let's go ahead and get started. Um, this is Run From Home from side A of the self-titled um, or otherwise known as the Moxie EP since Moxie was the label that put it out. Here it is, Run From Home. think that could have easily fit on that nuggets compilation set that we <laughs> that, that I, we first of all i want to apologize my cat is so loud right now <laughs> you are 
not a part of his band. Sorry. <laughs> um, yes, 100% that fits. Um, the sound, the vibe, everything. It fits in perfectly. And you hear that 60s garage band influence, the guitars, the drums, everything about this song just screams oh. it. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because uh, Jeff and I are, we're really fortunate to um, connect with Massimo Del Pozzo, who through his label, um, re-released, remastered um, this EP and also um, the LP Primordial Ooze Flavored, correct? <laughs> yeah, Primordial Ooze. I, I, I always mix the order. But anyways, um, and so the tracks are really vibrant because one of, uh, as we were researching this episode, one of the things I've read about is that Initially, when the Moxie EP was recorded, some of the band members just weren't happy with the recording. Um, and so now listening to the tracks that Massimo has um, shared with us, and that's available on Bandcamp. You can go to the Unclaimed page and, and um, get them. You hear it. It's a much more vibrant sound, and you can absolutely appreciate the sound. So I wanted to mention that. Yeah, thank you for doing that. And um, I did want to point out, so what we're playing today are the, the remastered tracks. So they'll sound much better than than the version. Right, right. Hear, they, they just sound different. Yeah, and I think, um, so they were both released last year by yeah. um, Mossimo's Misty Lane record Misty. label. Yeah, so um, I had the actual dates when they came out. I think this one was, August 20th, um, the remastered version, August 20th of 2021. Right. Um, October for the 12 inch. So. Right, right. All right, so what did you pick from the- So this? I picked the last track, which happens to be a Sid Griffin track, oh. which is called Deposition Central, the acid song. <laughs> and there's a lot that I love about this track um, musically. So let's listen to it and we'll talk about it after. I'd have felt right 
bit Myself against you feel Like it was gonna rip One of those awful awkward times On a psychotic trip My girls all around me Their friends are all a-scowling I suddenly I heard Policemen sirens howling I tripped to my knees Running out the door Wondering why I did this so far Everything's all a word Though everything's just a blur that organ thank you that's one of my favorite pieces of the arrangement is that i call it a bridge but it's i don't know what to call it it's this change you know right after i think the the last set of lyrics and then it hits this bridge where there's a tone change volume change and you start to hear um this beautiful organ and you're like okay i'm way back in the 60s but what i liked about this song too is it's a different vibe than uh run from home so it's not as pop 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 it's a little vibier and a little slower and longer it feels longer oh yeah so and then we take this acid trip you know we yeah. take this you know i started to get dizzy um but i liked a lot of the vibe of this song and then when i found out it was a sid song i said oh that's interesting because mm-hmm. i i 
I only hear him as a guitar player in my head, but I can already imagine him kind of placing the arrangement. So it was just one of those things. And I just like it. I like the song. It's a yeah, it's a cool song. Yeah. Oh, Kitty's in the background. Kitty is definitely want, wanting to take over the show. <laughs> All right. All right. So 1983, the van releases their 12 it. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, so we've said Sid was in this version. Oh, yes, yes, good point. Sid's not in, he's not with the band when they record Primordial Ooze Flavored. So I wanted to add a little anecdote. That's right. So, again, the vision, Standell's Seeds, 60s Garage. Sid was more about exploring. And so when you think about Sid Griffin, you know, he's a student of music. He really is. He shows it. Oh, and yeah. um, him wanting to explore that 60 sound, I absolutely get it. So then as I'm reading, I come across this anecdote and I just wanted to share it. No direct quotes. So if someone knows differently, definitely let us know. So, and I quote, about this time, so uh, 1981, about this time, Sid Griffin began to feel somewhat restricted by the definite 60s outlook of the unclaimed, joking that if bands in the 60s wore purple underpants, then so would they. <laughs> Eventually, this came to a head with Sid determined to recognize that this was now the 1980s, while... Shelley Gans remained steadfastly planted in the genre of 1966. The pair's differences could not be reconciled, however, and though they remained friends, Sid Griffin left the unclaimed in November 1981 to eventually form the Long Riders. Uh. So I like this anecdote kind of gave me the transition, but I can absolutely see where Sid was kind of pushing the genre or pushing the influence and saying, let's take it a little further. And then when you think about these early long rider recordings, they were really, you know, they were reflecting the birds. So they were showing a very different time, a lot of different musicality too. So I can see where, you know, the unclaimed got something started and then he wanted to go further. The band wanted to go, you know, they wanted to go this way. He wanted to go that way and he left. And then he started Long Riders and then the Long Riders really kind of even pushed that a little further. You know, that 1968, that psychedelic birds vibe. And then, you know, he took it in a completely different direction. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you, you won't hear any of those Long Riders type songs coming out from the unclaimed. No, no. And, but again, that wasn't the vision. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, you know. Yep. Shelly Gantz had a definite vision for this band. Absolutely. And the look and the feel, the whole thing, you know, the long, you know, very, very birds, early birds, you know, yep. the long bangs and bull cut, the whole thing. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, All right. I love, I now, love that. 1983. 1983. Hysteria Records, and they do release the 12 inch, um, which only come, comes out with six songs on the original release so yes they call it an lp i would call it a mini lp um so i picked the last song on side a so 
um, which is Walk on the Water. I don't, I couldn't find that it was on any compilation, but it was definitely a song that I was very familiar with even before the first time that I heard the album in full. So I don't know if it was played on Rodney, on The Rock or something, but um, it, yeah. So it definitely um, was something that I was familiar with uh, prior. And um, I read a quote um, from Shelley in a 2013 interview. And he was, prior to this question, uh, he was talking about his interest in philosophy and so that led to the question from the interviewer if uh, his love for, for philosophy um, had, was in, had an influence on his love for rock music and um, for um, his songwriting. And Shelley went on to say, he said, no, I think they're separate, but it did permeate in certain areas because I also wrote Walk on the Water. And the song is pure skepticism, he says. So he goes, I don't know if you're familiar with the song, but it's total irreverence. Um, he said he wrote it a long time ago. I wouldn't write it now. I mean, I think the way, I think that way now, but I wouldn't write it. So when you listen to the song, um, it's, he's almost got like a God complex. He says, walk on the water with me. So um, he goes, I don't know about all that other junk in history, but walk on the water with me. So anyways, um, I just think it's a great song. Definitely has a good that garage feel to it and uh um i just i thought it would be fun to share it on on the episode so uh walk on the water last song on primordial ooze flavored <laughs>
rock on the water. <laughs> I like when he goes, last verse. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's a fun song. Definitely could have fit on the Nuggets. Um, yep. again, so um, they did a great job of fulfilling what um, Shelly Gantz's vision is for the band. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, it, uh, even with this record, definitely locked into that that sound from 66 and delivered it perfectly so very very much so all right so mine we're kind of working back so the the six tracks they go uh track one lost trails two no apology three walk on the water then track four things in the past yeah yeah <laughs> five uh and six funk walk so I picked track two called No Apology. Um, and I liked it because I liked the energy of this song. Um, and it's a definite contrast to what I picked from the EP. So let's hear it and we'll talk about it after. Hey! End of discussion. <laughs> I love that reverb guitar um, by uh, Sid Griffin's replacement, Richard Coffey. Um, yeah. It's very, very, very 60s. Just cranked up all that reverb on there. And just... Right? <laughs> and that's what I liked about this track is like, you just get lost in the, in the beautiful noise of this. And it's all that reverb guitar. Beautiful. Agreed. Yeah. And it's just like, it's it packs a punch. One of the things that I read that I found interesting in thinking about the unclaimed is 
they okay so they were in this moment of 60s music right that was the vision and then they went on to kind of replicate that sound but not necessarily being like a direct you know like not just copying but they really kind of went and explored this particular moment in 60s garage and um and the look and the sound of the unclaimed is something that's really you know it it's very noticeable it and you know the unclaimed is still playing and uh i came across this quote i want to share this is a quote from uh vicky peterson from the bangles that oh. it was a quote from cream magazine from 19 march of 1986 quote we were on the same bill with this band called the unclaimed at some dive in santa monica we didn't know what to expect when they came on stage with their black turtlenecks and started doing little girl we just melted Aww. so it was sound look and feel of the 60s uh of 60s garage and it's appreciated by a lot i think um because i know we've talked to a number of people a number of bands that pointed to them as a as a source as a you know as an inspiration but um again isn't there an anecdote about the unclaimed playing bill with the salvation army in the banks yes yes um, all right jeff i actually have a quote about that that i had highlighted I please thought, yeah partially because the connection with the paisley underground and um partially because they're in my home area of San Diego where it happened. So um, uh, Shelly is talking in this interview and he said that while they were in San Diego, there was this quite famous incident um, where, where there was a ra rather large show which featured the Bangs and the Salvation Army in us. So again, the connection to Paisley Underground. It was a huge show. Uh, there were tons of mods and there were these scummy skinheads that were there. Um, I think you remember that time, Soraya, when uh, the kind of people that would show up for some of these shows. And he goes, I don't think they did. They, they didn't do anything when the Salvation Army and the Bangs played on. But then we go on, the Unclaimed, and they start fighting with us. So go figure, he says. And they're throwing stuff and dousing us. He said he was soaked in beer. His bass player gets punched. Um, and then it turned into a, like a total riot, he says. Um, so he said, I, I don't know if we provoked them or if it was something in the air, but there was a combination of things. But then it was a full-blown riot. And then he noticed that um, outside um, there was a highway patrol officer. And he said, please come in. There's a riot inside. So he comes in. And then the promoter, he said, the idiot that put on the show tells me the highway patrol is the enemy. And the punks were the security. So it was the punks that that incited this whole little riot there and he said it was staggering and studying the mentality of the time so this big crazy riot event no problem when salvation army and the bangs played but the unclaimed come out with this heavy garage sound and the place just ends up in a total riot <laughs> oh my gosh yeah <laughs> oh all right Chip. so the question i have what recordings do we have after? Oh, primordial so, ooze. Yeah. Before we leave that, I had one last point. Um, you mentioned the last song is Funt Walk, um, which is the only cover, and that was a cover yeah. of a Henry Mancini song, 
uh, baby elephant walk that was right. written for um, Hatari uh, movies. How you say it, Hatari? Um, anyway, so they do their own version, um, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah it's it's really good. Yeah, it's very oh. very good. So then they also released a couple songs that were put out on an Italian with an Italian magazine um, along with um, uh, the Vipers. So they put a couple songs out, um, My Kind and Hidden Truth, which Mosimo was kind enough to put to tag on to the end of um, the reissue. So if you get the reissue, yeah, um, that's those two songs. So then um, they don't play for a while, right? And then in 2013, um, Mike Stacks of um, the ugly things and telltale hearts who we've had on their show um, gives them a call and says that he's putting on an event and he would like them the unclaimed to play so it re-sparks this um, uh, interest in Shelly Gantz and he puts a new version of the band back together and they released another record um, and, and in 2019 they released You Never Come so who knows I mean they were doing shows prior to yeah. the pandemic so I mean they still may be a thing um, once we get into a better position here. So um, there is new life for the band because they played the show and the excitement is there again. But even then, it's still um, his vision does not falter. It, it's no, <laughs> he still has this very 60s um, and still turtleneck. Yeah, <laughs> still, still same vibe. Yeah. So yeah, no, that vibe, that vibe stays. Absolutely, absolutely. So the yeah. band, I mean, um, with as big an impact as they had, I think there's only about 16 to 18 songs that they've released. Um, the EP, the the 12 inch, six song 12 inch, and, um, this uh, the songs that were included on compilations, and then you have this 2019 EP that comes out. Um, big influence, not a big catalog. So right, right. But we definitely recommend that you check out um, the reissues uh, for sure. So again, um, the Moxie EP or the, the self-titled EP was released in August 20 of 2021. And you can find that on the Bandcamp page for The Unclaimed or Teen Sounds Record. So if you go to um, teensoundsrecord.bandcamp.com, you'll be able to find it. And then the 12 inch EP, the primordial ooze, ooze. flavored, um, released on October 6, 2021, um, for the remastered versions. Both sound fantastic. Um, again, if you go to teensoundsrecords.bandcamp.com, you can find those. So um, we wanted to definitely thank Mosimo for um, providing these tracks and some information about the band. Um, definitely glad that this band is uh that got to see this this little reissue campaign so yeah those are still available so you can get those digitally or um physical copies so by all means go check that go check them out absolutely jeff i don't know, I, it's like i don't want to stop <laughs> <laughs> but my big boss says it's over. <laughs> so all right, we well, got to listen to the big boss. You have to listen to the. Big I boss. apologize. I apologize, to everyone, for my absolutely obnoxious cat. I can't figure out what his problem is. I don't know. He He's had awesome. opinions about the unclaimed. I guess. Absolutely. Uh, mi gente, Groove on, Paisley people. Meow. Hey.
That cat's something I can't explain. Louise, what, watch, <laughs> and now he's going to be quiet for the whole rest of the day. <laughs>